0: back to the Sportino podcast. This is episode 5, and I hope you're having a fantastic week. What a weekend it was. We had sports return. You had stuff to watch on TV, through the internet, streaming your phone. It was so exciting. What a weekend. So we're going to get into the news. Lots of speculation still happening on when leagues are going to happen, when they're going to start. Things keep changing by the minute. So we're not going to report on that every single episode unless it's more concrete news like the NHL. So they had a Board of Governors meeting this past holiday Monday and confirmed that the NHL is talking about how best to continue the season. They don't want to cancel it. It will happen sometime. At this point it looks like it probably won't begin until July with it being uh, June in less than two weeks but they're committed to beginning again. It looks like that they're looking at eight to nine hub cities. Now the NHL seems to be the only league that is really honing in and trying to use that hub city play where the other leagues are really still trying to get games at home stadiums. So the NHL is taking the hub scenario the most serious and they're looking at about eight to nine possible cities to host up to 12 teams. So that means you're gonna have to have lots of hotel space, quick access to rinks, arenas, places to play, and the other biggest thing is testing. Now that's why leagues, a lot of leagues have not started up yet, they have to ensure the safety of its players, personnel, hopefully uh, within a couple of weeks we'll have more tests available for teams and leagues to use, not just using for health and hospitals. So that's the uh, important part is making sure enough tests are available for hospitals and health staff centers and then leagues can come in. Now the other complicated issue is 17% of the players in the NHL are not in North America. so getting them back how are you going to navigate that now getting them back there is you have to quarantine if you're coming to canada from an international travel you do have to quarantine for two weeks that is more or less the law if you will if you're following it which they would have to be two weeks quarantine now i couldn't find anything for the u.s but it appears there's some sort of quarantine but not quite if you're coming from europe i think it would be safe and everyone should just quarantine for two weeks whether you're landing in the states or canada so let's say they do quarantine for two weeks you'd probably want to quarantine close to either the city you're playing in or the city that uh, you are designated for a hub city so that there's not so much travel on top of each other potential for getting infected. You do that, then you should be allowed to settle in, start to train, and go from there. So if we start to get the ball rolling, say things happen in, you know, around the start of June, two weeks, and then you could get players in, start to get them ready, and then by the third week in June, everyone would be able to practice and start to get into game shape. That is going to be the biggest struggle is getting everyone into game shape. Now, it does also look like that they are favoring a 24-team playoff, but nothing's been announced. It has been asked and talked about through the NHLPA, so that will be interesting. I don't know if I agree with the 24-team playoff. They want to make it fair with teams who are making a surge, but the season got cut short. might just have to be the top 16. There you go. Sorry, this is an unusual year, but I don't know it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Now news have just come out of the CFL. Now the CFL will not start before September. I think by September, you might be able to start. NFL wants to start in September, so CFL could start. They might have to make some changes on revenue and TV streams, but having a September 1st start, going as long as possible, is best case scenario for the CFL. Hopefully the season is salvaged, and they have canceled regina hosting the gray cup for 2020 they have moved them to 2022 with hamilton still hosting in 2021 this means that if games start in september and keep going they will play as many games as possible and move the gray cup into potentially december now whoever would host the gray cup that depends on who makes the gray cup and has the best record in the matchup so that means ottawa hamilton regina even bc anyone can host the great cup now hopefully the cfl season does carry on i really want it to i don't want to lose the cfl uh, they did ask for money 30 million dollars was asked uh, immediately and if the season is lost 120 million has been asked uh, if they cannot play at all now this means sometime in the summer you could start training Uh, As many places have not allowed gatherings, large gatherings, uh, until September 1st, which is why uh, it was pushed till September. Whether that means fans can show up or not, I don't know. Uh, Just getting the players, getting everything settled, and getting the league started should be the goal. Getting fans in to watch will be uh, a secondary factor, I think, just starting the league, making sure that it still plays, and playing as many games as possible should be the mandate for this CFL. We will keep you updated, and now it's a sad time. The last dance, done. Episodes 9 and 10 came and went, over the weekend, and it's over. 10 hours, just like that. It flew by. (sighs) You know, we're sad to see it go, but what a journey we all went on. In episode 9, we got to see the Steve Kerr story about his winning shot, got the backstory about his dad. Many people did not know about his dad and kind of the connection he had with MJ and they never spoke about their fathers. These two episodes really got into the emotional part. You also knew it was ending, so it was going to be emotional anyways. I also think that being on this team, his connection with the Bulls And the Spurs really led to him being a really great coach. Uh, No other guy on the Bulls became a coach. You know, he really benefited from his experience with those two great teams. The Pacers series, I I forgot that it went to Game Seven. Jordan was not taking that a season could potentially be over just like that. It's a shame that the Pacers or the Jazz, for that matter, never won a championship. I think one of the couple teams to never win with such a great team even Reggie Miller saying that they were the better team but they just lacked that extra experience to put them over the edge and the Bulls had it they went into the story of Gus's security guard who turned mentor friend and father figure to Michael and you really you really saw when talking about it just the emotion speaking about the connection that he and Gus had uh, it made you know it really showed michael's human moment if you will how deep he cared for him the important he even saw that he was getting sick before gus even knew he was getting sick that can that can type of connection is really hard to get with someone and when you have it you know that bond that friendship that mentorship it's it's so special so i i hope each and every one of you listening has a connection with one person in your life like that because it's it's those connections that really help us thrive and live even apart in episode 10 it really went into that last series against the jazz man utah's hostile i had no idea the two final series i remember them i i was old enough to pay attention watched basketball i was playing basketball i remember those two series and each year i bet my first basketball coach who was also my aunt a dollar which was huge money back then might not have had the dollar but i bet the dollar both times that Chicago would beat the Jazz my my aunt basketball coach was like no 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 especially the second series she was convinced that they would get revenge both times I uh, made a dollar my first venture into sports betting I think it worked out I should have retired then but uh, that's uh you know really showed my love for basketball and just the poetry the poetry that basketball shows that all sports have there's poetry and everything. Rodman got the wrestling bug, decided that, that after Game 3, only allowing 54 points, that uh, it's time to wrestle. Didn't think that went through, but it all worked out, because that's what happens when you play on the greatest team. doesn't matter, you can go hit Diamond Dallas Page with a chair, you're still going to win a championship. Other everyone listening to this, don't use that tactic. Please train. Please be respectful. Show up to practice. Don't skip. Stay in school all that fun stuff. The last minute of game six, it was all Michael. You knew. Everyone knew. Everyone sitting in the arena, everyone watching on TV, everyone playing knew. He made the shot, made the steal, even Rodman just walking down because he knew he wasn't getting the ball. No one was getting the ball. It was all Michael. And then you get the famous crossover. I'm shocked the amount of people that kept thinking that he pushed off now if you think he pushed off then that's what you see but you could tell just by on the momentum that he didn't push him his hand was out but there was no forcing it and I'm shocked the amount of people that didn't see the other ankle I've seen it before or at least I thought I had. Everyone's coming out saying that, that they've been sitting on this footage for years. But he he never did push off. And I mean, if Reggie Miller didn't get called a foul, then that certainly wasn't going to call the foul. But the, the story is put to rest. He never pushed off. And you get a very nice crossover. Made the shot. Also, my respect for Carl Malone for going to the bus to congratulate after losing again. You know, he carried himself... Uh, really well after that, so kudos to him. And I don't know if I've seen a team stay at an away hotel to celebrate. Normally, especially nowadays, you do all your media, you celebrate in the locker room, and then you get ready, you get on the plane, and you fly back to your home city where there are usually hundreds of fans waiting for you at the airport to congratulate you. So I don't know if that's used anymore, but that must be a 90s thing. I don't know if I'd want to celebrate in a Utah hotel But they did. They partied hard and then returned to their final rally at the end. It was interesting to see Michael watch Jerry Reindorf's explanation for why he had to break up the team. team was market value and it was too high and he needed to sell it off because it was so high and then that just means to go into a rebuild. Just Michael's reaction shows it all. If you have something like that, why market value... You, You find a way to work it out now it was nice to see that Jerry Krause, as complex as he was with his issues and all of that he did get the credit unfortunately he's no longer with us but he was a very good GM you have to give him that and he built the team built the team again fortunately he let emotion get into decision and wanting credit with all his talk that you know it's not just the players it's the management which is true lots of egos so it just it's a shame human emotion had to get involved but who knows if it didn't how many more last dances we would have gotten but it ended and we got this wonderful documentary that we can watch and watch and watch all the time let us know on social media facebook twitter instagram or email us at sportsynightpodcast at gmail.com what You want to see next what sports documentary with team, what athlete you want to see a documentary made out of next, a nice ESPN 30 for 30 potentially. uh, I know they're working on something. And now we're going to get into some segments. Yes, we're switching up a little bit, adding a little bit of flair, if you will, to the podcast. We're going to start off with the well-liked segment. Now it's time for some news that unites us all. Sports are back. It's uniting us all. Sports are back, we had NASCAR happen on the weekend. Kevin Harvick won the Real Heroes 400. Today, it uh, shows you when we're taping this episode, the Toyota 500 and on Sunday, the Coca-Cola 600. Very popular race in the schedule uh, is happening on this coming Sunday, the 24th of May. So lots of NASCAR to watch. I know you can watch that on TSN and in the states, lots of channels carrying NASCAR. It was a little different without fans, which I didn't think that would happen, but uh, it is still a sport. So we appreciate you, NASCAR, for coming back and giving us entertainment. Bundesliga. Bundesliga is back, or Bundesliga. I've got to butcher a lot of names, but that's okay. We had some fixtures happen on Saturday and Sunday and Monday. We had Bayern Munich beat Union Berlin 2 0. We had uh, Mance and FC Cologne. Tie at 2-2. We had Herthana defeat Hoffenheim 3-0 and Moschengladenbach defeated Eintracht Frankfurt 3-1. We have more matches coming up this weekend. Now you can watch them. They are pretty early or late depending on where you are, so check your local time. It is available to watch uh, both online and on cable and uh, we are going to be doing something with the Bundesliga later on in the episode, so stay tuned for that. Earlier this month, Tony Hawk had announced that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, games of my childhood, were coming back to play on the new consoles, so PS4, Xbox One, it's going to be exciting, those were awesome games, I cannot wait, they come out in September, I know I'm going to be buying them, playing the heck out of Tony Hawk 1 and 2, great skateboarding games with great soundtracks, but, but... Because you think it can't get better, Tony Hawk just proves what kind of human being he is and how much he appreciates each and every one of his fans. So a mailman was out on delivery and a little boy wanted to send his skateboard to Tony Hawk. Of course, being a little boy, he doesn't know about stamps or addresses or anything and it was it's such a cute story he writes to tony hawk and from cooper and he asks the mail carrier to uh deliver this to tony hawk of course the mailman's like ah, you know i'll try my best so what he does is he uses the internet for good gets on the internet and delivers his story and asking if tony hawk if you're out there what's your address letting uh letting know the little man wants to send the skateboard to him so the man and the legend makes a video thanking cooper for being such a good fan and sending him his skateboard So what Tony does was he's gonna send him the skateboard he was using in the video as a thank you gift. Tony Hawk, just such a legend. you know. He's still skating, still being an influence in the skating world. That's what using your fame and athleticism is all about, uniting people to be happy. And Cooper's gonna be one happy little boy. I know I'm a happy grown man for something like that. So thank you Tony Hawk for being an excellent role model If I ever get to meet you in real life or, you know, on the internet life, just know that you are an excellent human being, keep doing what you're doing, you're making many people happy, boys and girls, old and young, the world is lucky to have you and now we're going to turn into a new segment this one is called the starting lineup with the Bundesliga starting up I figure it's time to introduce North Americans to the Bundesliga I know some of you know some of the teams the bigger teams but we're gonna do a little deep dive go into it give you the starting lineup the short form version of the league and how it came into Existence and the teams that are playing in it currently and I am going to butcher some of those names So bear with me. I apologize ahead of time. I tried my best I am not the best at English and that's my first language. So Let's get started. For those of you Bundesliga. So, for those of you Bundesliga is the league in Germany. So, there were plenty of teams and football clubs that began in the late 1800s, early 1900s, amateur clubs fighting for the national championships the Deutscher Fußball Bund. Again, I told you I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. So the DFB, that's the national championship for uh Germany. So, before 1949, all of these clubs would battle it out in 1949 uh, and some of these clubs turned semi-professional they turned into regional leagues so there are about five regional leagues uh, and of course this is all happening in west germany at this point because germany was split into east and west so controlled by democratic run help with the us and then you have the soviet run communist east side so there were teams still playing in the east side as well but In West Germany, that's where the formation of the Bundesliga began. In 1962, there were five local leagues, like I said, those uh, regional leagues. They scrapped that and decided to make one giant league where teams can come in and out. Relegation, if you don't know relegation, it's where there's one top tier and then there, because there are a whole bunch of teams, you have to qualify and keep your position in the top league if you finish in the bottom then you get relegated to the next league below and the teams who have thrived in that league get to move up. I like that system, especially in soccer, or football, when there's a whole bunch of teams. It's the fairest way. Of... The idea is the best teams will stay in the top league and the lower leagues are where development, where you can get players and build your team back up. So 16 teams were given a position in the first Bundesliga in 1963. When Germany reunified, two East Germany teams were allowed into the top tier while the others were put into the lower levels where they could fight to join the top tier. Bundesliga, there's Bundesliga or Bundesliga 1, and then 2 Bundesliga is the second tier, and then we get Liga, which is the third tier, and then it goes down from that. So in the Bundesliga, the top 15 teams are guaranteed a spot in the next year for Bundesliga. The bottom two, so teams 18 and 17, get relegated down. And uh, the winners of 2 Bundesliga, so first place and second place, get moved up. Third place in 2 Bundesliga will play the 16th place finisher in a two-game playoff, so two-game leg, where they play each of both home and away. And the team, essentially, who wins... The most or has the most, the most goals after that will decide the final place in the Bundesliga and the loser goes down to two Bundesliga. So, are we all on the same page? I'm going to hope everyone said yes listening to this. So, we are going to talk about all the teams that are currently in this season of Bundesliga. So, there are 18 teams and we're going to go through, based on their current position this season. So I'm going to give you a little little bit of background on the team, maybe uh, make your decision on if you should cheer for them or not. So let's get going. So the first club is SC Paderborn 07. Lots of numbers in these clubs you'll find. This club, this club plays out of Paderborn in North Rhine, Westphalia State. This club plays in the smallest stadium with 15,000 seats. The club has been around since 1907 but Paderborn had two teams until 1985 uh, when they merged together and in 1997 adopted their current name. Since the team has yo-yoed between uh, the different tiers, uh, they have started the new millennium in Tier 4 and made it all the way to the Bundesliga. So that's going up from the Tier 4 all the way up. That's a pretty miraculous feat, especially in the past 20 years. They have spent most of their time in 2 Bundesliga. Since 2014 15, they started in Bundesliga, relegated, actually relegated twice down to uh, Liga, so tier 3, but have gone in uh, from 2017. They have risen from Liga all the way to Bundesliga. So last year, they finished second in 2 Bundesliga, which means they were promoted, but they are currently in 18th position. Now, some things about the teams is lots of these teams, especially in Europe, they are a club so that's why uh, you'll hear you know football club is they offer whole lots of different people can join the club uh, usually athletic facilities but also different teams so there's women's men's teams usually table tennis uh, there could be handball uh, water polo there one club is responsible for lots of different teams that compete in different leagues so you get that a lot in europe not a lot here in North America. Usually it's just professional teams. So lots of people and supporters, you'll join the club to be a supporter of that team as well. And you'll support all the teams in that club. Uh, I found that a little kind of made sense, you know, really looking at the teams here. That's why we call them clubs. And it identifies what different teams they run and function. And some are owned by corporations, some aren't. So it's a it's a fascinating dynamic. Uh, I really suggest you go and uh, take a look at it. All right, so the next team is the, the Werder Bremen. Here we go again. This club plays in Bremen and have been around since 1899. Fairly old club. This club has, been, uh, has had a good success and holds the record for most seasons played in the Bundesliga with 55. They have been in the top tier for 37 consecutive years. And they are second in all-time points ever in the Bundesliga. That's pretty impressive. They have won the Bundesliga four times, last winning in 03 and 04. They finished 8th last season and are currently in a troubling 17th position. Hopefully they can climb out of it and continue that consecutive streak. The next team is Fortuna Dusseldorf. I can say city names. Uh, This club, founded in 1895, plays in Dusseldorf, which is fun to say. They have uh, come a long way since the year 2000. Starting again in uh, the fourth tier league just like uh, Paderborn and uh, have bounced around uh, Between the different tiers they have been no lower than to Bundesliga since 0910 so that's pretty good they came back to Bundesliga last season finished 10th and they're currently in 16th So they are in that playoff tier position right now, so they're not out of the woods But they won't be automatically relegated if they stay the next team is Mance. Uh, this club plays out of Mance, which is the in the Rhineland-Palatinen state. Uh, founded in 1905, they have had a tough road to the big league. They did not get there until 2004, which is a long time to go without being in Bundesliga. They spent two seasons back into Bundesliga, but got back into the big league and have been there for the past 10 consecutive seasons. So last season they finished 12th, And are currently seated 15th. FC Ossenberg. This club plays out of Ossenberg in the Bavaria state. If you know uh, Oktoberfest, Bavaria, exactly where they are. This club was founded in 1907 and was promoted to the Bundesliga in 2011. So they've uh, held pretty good. Finished 15th last season and are currently 14th. You'll notice some teams uh, have uh, fluctuated a lot, uh, but there are a couple that have kind of stayed around where they were last season. Trek Frankfurt. Uh, this club plays in Frankfurt, another big city in Germany, and has been around since 1899. They were last promoted uh, to Bundesliga in 2012-2013. They have not won a title, but have mostly uh, been a mostly successful club in the Bundesliga. They finished 7th last season this year they're having a little bit of trouble they currently sit 13th. The next team is FC Union Berlin. This club plays in Berlin. Uh, now Berlin is huge. I don't know if you've looked at a map, but they're so huge they have different municipalities which uh, you know, a big city will have, but you know, a regional kind of government and then they all come together for uh you know, a kind of a government of Berlin, which is Crazy to think in North America that a city is so big, but if you've ever been to Europe, you know how big and crazy cities can get. So, they play in the Koppenick region uh of Berlin. This team was based in East Germ uh in East Berlin, East Germany, and uh they were on the communist controlled side of the Cold War. The team was founded in 1966 and joined the Bundesliga in 1990 after the country became unified. They've struggled, uh, both financially and on the pitch, but have turned it around in this past decade and were promoted from two Bundesliga last year, made it all the way, and they are currently in 12th spot. Here we go with the fun names, the next team is Hertha Berlin, hope that's right. Uh, This club plays in Charlottenburg, which is one of the 12 districts, and they play their matches in the Olympiastadion, which was originally built in Berlin for the 1936 Olympics. So it's a very large, very old stadium. They have been around since 1892. They have won the two Bundesliga title, but they have not won the Bundesliga title. They finished 11th last season and currently sit 11th. FC Cologne. Uh, this they play. This team plays in Cologne, Germany, and have been around since 1948. This club has won two Bundesliga championships, inc- including the first ever championship in 1963. The club has been up and down the past couple of decades. They finished first in the two Bundesliga uh, last year, which means they were promoted back up to Bundesliga and currently sit 10th. It's TSG 1899 Hoffenmeier You don't get names like this in North America. Playing in one of the smaller stadiums, the team has been around since 1899. This, this club has had a remarkable transition in the past 20 years. They came from the 5th division in the year 2000 to qualifying in the Bundesliga in 2008-2009. Their best finish in the Bundesliga was 3rd in 2017-2018, which is a huge transformation. Uh, they have finished ninth last year and are currently seated ninth. The next team is Shahalak 04. Probably did not say that right, but they play in the Gleisenkirchen in north rhine westphalia state and formed in 1904 the team has faced scandal and has uh, been a part of a famous scandal in 1971 where players and officials of the team accepted bribes and lost a game lost a match i should say on purpose which resulted in several players being banned for life Team has bounced back since that scandal and has been able to stay in the Bundesliga since 1991. They finished 14th last season and currently sit 8th. SC Freienberg play in the city of Freienberg. Uh, I'm Bristag in the Baden Wurttemberg state. This club has formed in 1904. Volkan Fike, who is uh, the club manager from 1991 to 2007. That's a long time is the longest serving manager in German football history and the current national german national team manager did play for them as well since 1990 the team has been mostly in the bundesliga promoted back in 2009-10 they were relegated for one season in uh, 2015-2016 but have been back since they finished 13th last season and currently 7th so good transition for them the next team, VfL Wolfsburg. Uh, in the beginning, this club started out as uh, a, a sports club for Volkswagen workers in the city of volksburg and grew into a giant club and football club. In 1945, they spent many years in two Bundesliga until breaking through in the 1997-98 season and have stuck around ever since. They did win the title back in 08-09 and look to make a strong push this year. They finished sixth last year and are currently sixth now. Now you're probably gonna to start to hear clubs that you've maybe heard the names of in passing before. So Bayer 04 Leverkusen. This club plays out of Leverkusen in the North Rhine, Westphalia state. The club was founded in 1904 and are in the same city as the Bayer and Bayer company. So they make uh, a lot of uh, medicine that you might know of. Uh, they have been in the top tier for many years. They finished fourth last season and are currently fifth. RB Leipzig. RB does not stand for uh, what it does here in North America, but it essentially is Red Bull. So this team is uh, owned by Red Bull. Play out of Leipzig. It's a new club. They were purchased. They, Red Bull purchased a club that was in the fifth division threw a bunch of money at it built up the team with management and players and uh, intended for them to be in the Bundesliga within a short period of time so they rocketed through the leagues through the different tiers and made it to the Bundesliga for the 2016-2017 season so they uh, purchased the the team in uh, 08 so that's a big transition for them they finished second In the 2017 2018 season and last year finished third and they're currently in fourth position all right here it comes so Buraça Mönchengladbach this club plays in Mönchengladbach just have to sound it out in the North Rhine Westphalia state they were formed in 1900 and the club has five titles one last won it back in 76 77 they've been in and out of the bundesliga but have been a mainstay in the since 2008-2009 their big revival uh, they've had a big uh, revival in the past decade uh, since returning back into the bundesliga so they finished 5th last season and currently sit 3rd now time for the big guns these two teams you have most definitely heard of if you've watched any amount of international or Uh, European UEFA Cup soccer so Bursa Dortmund uh, usually seen as the second fiddle in the Bundesliga if you sell you know the Red Sox to Red Sox version of the Bundesliga and uh, rival to Bayern Munich this club was formed in 1909 plays in Dortmund uh, North Rhine Westphalia area they've had great success since the 1990s and are the only publicly traded football club in Germany they have uh, become well-known in the past 20 years, so since the year 2000, and have a really big run in the past 10 seasons. They won back-to-back titles in 2011-2012 and, and finished second last year, currently sit second. And the big kahuna, the New York Yankees, if you will, of the Bundesliga Bayern Munich. Founded in 1900, they play in the city of Munich. Club is the most successful team in Bundesliga history. They're, they have been in the league uh, the second most amount of seasons, so 54. They have the most amount of points ever by a team in Bundesliga history. 28 titles have won the league since 2012 2013. Uh, they are currently in first place. Uh, for Canadian Standard, Canada's highly touted soccer superstar Alfonso Davies uh, was in the MLS but uh, had his contract purchased by Bayern Munich and has started to really hone in and develop his highly touted skills there and it's a real win and plus for Canadian men's soccer looking to push through in the next uh, five to ten years and really make a push to the World Cup. And that is our starting lineup of the Bundesliga. Let us know uh, how we did, if we made any mistakes. I know I made some mistakes with the pronunciations. Looking forward to watch more Bundesliga uh, this coming weekend it wasn't so bad without the fans. Let us know how we did. Now it's time for another new segment say something nice. this segment pretty self-explanatory we're gonna say something nice about a topic, a subject, even if we have a dislike for it. So if you have a say something nice you'd like to share, let us know on uh, social media Facebook, Instagram, Sporty podcast, Twitter uh, Sport pod one uh, email, a podcast at gmail.com, let us know. We'll read it on the podcast for you. So in our first say something nice, I miss hating Toronto sports teams. I just miss hating them. I, I can't come out and say that I miss them. Can't like them. They're our rivals. But I miss cheering against them. Didn't matter what sport, didn't matter if my teams were playing or not. It's a fun rivalry. It's always going to be there no matter how bad the teams are, if Toronto's bad or your team is bad. You know it means nothing. It's still fun. It adds that little bit of extra to when you watch sports, when your team plays Toronto. And I, you know what? I miss that, and I can't wait for it to return. That's going to do it for our episode this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Let us know on social media, email. Message in what you want to hear, what you want to cover. If you have any uh, recommendations for guests, if you have any recommendations for stuff for us to cover, let us know. Have a great, wonderful week. Enjoy watching some sports, some NASCAR, some soccer or football. And uh, we will see you next week. Have fun, stay safe, and sport on.